Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory Season 8, Episode 3. I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. I'm Sam. It's been a bit of a strange week being a Spurs fan. We had that brilliant win at Old Trafford, 3-0, where we never win, we never get a result. And then we went and lost at Watford, which never happens. I think that's the first time Watford have beat us in the Premier League. So, a bit of a strange week. So, what we want to know is, after a strange week of results for Spurs, what's the strangest thing that you've ever seen at football? Sam, I'll come to you first. What have you got on your list? My one is Paul Robinson's goal against Watford yep. at White Hart Lane. That is by far the strangest thing because I don't think I'll ever see a goalkeeper score in a game of football. So talk us through where you were when that so goal went in. sitting in the Paxton, um, lower tier, and Robbo's got a free kick just outside his own penalty area. And um, the wind just caught the shot and it... it was misjudged by Ben Foster who was in goal yeah. and bounced straight over his head and I think everyone in the stadium was in shock yeah. when it went in. Him probably more so than anyone yeah, else. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, that's a great one. Have you seen a goalkeeper score before? Is no, that right? Not live. Not live. Um, Pat Jennings scored in the 67 Charity Shield against May United. There you go, there's the knowledge. So, and, and at the time, the commentator, they, 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 they changed the rules with the goalkeeper that they they were the four step rule come into play then so he was allowed to run with it and obviously they've, they've done away mm. with that since and the commentator was explaining it as Pat Jennings kicked the ball upstairs one bounce over Alex Stepney into the net mm. very good Sam uh, anything else on your strange list no that stuck out that's the main one yeah. anything from you not really strange I mean I suppose the thing that I could say is I've seen Spurs score nine goals on three occasions mm. so that is a bit unusual to yeah, see yeah. that amount of goals yeah I put this out on social media um, I've got some really, really good responses um, on Reddit to start with. So, 59565956 on Reddit says, which is a great name, says um, he was once sitting in the cop at Hillsborough watching Sheffield Wednesday against Leeds. Paddy Kenny pulled his shorts down while placing the ball down to take a goal kick in response to all the abuse he'd been getting from the Wednesday fans. Quite like that one. Everyone laughed and broke out into a quick rendition <laughs> of There's Only One Paddy Kenny. So, that's fantastic. Um, Chev Chelios on Reddit says, Do you remember when Tim Sherwood got the fan who'd been giving him stick to come and sit in the dugout with him? Oh, yes. And he gave him a gilet, didn't he, that as well? Funny, yeah, yeah. Sat, yeah. Sat on him, which is quite a weird one. Um, the game is about glory on Reddit. It says, You think this is a weird week for Spurs? In 2011, we beat Milan at the San Siro and then lost 3 1 to Blackpool in the following Premier League game. <laughs> Jesus we Christ. We practically invented the amazing win followed by a bad loss. <laughs> I think I've just blocked that Blackpool loss out of my mind um, THFC1882 on Reddit said he once saw Tim Sherwood play Carl Walker as a midfielder against Chelsea yeah I can remember that do you that. remember yes, that yes which is actually yeah. and he played Aaron Lennon as a number 10 do you remember he had Norton at right back Walker right midfield and Aaron Lennon as a 10 inventive to try and re- the, with the thought process I can get some pace at Chelsea yeah. centre-halves yeah well, I, think we got... lo- I think we lost 4-0 <laughs> Um, and then Jason on Twitter THFC 1976 says Michael Brown passing the ball deliberately to an off-field Tariko who was sitting down receiving treatment (laughs) for some strange things my strange thing I saw Vedran Luca do an overlap (laughs) which he if you never saw him play a very good player technically positionally fantastic he had lead in his boots and he looked knackered after two or three minutes so that was quite um Quite a strange one for me. Um, we had that bizarre loss at the weekend against Watford, which 
I mean, they've started the season extremely well, Watford, winning all their games. But going into that, we were all pretty confident. We've got a fantastic record against them in the Premier yeah. League that we'd go there and, and take all three points. I mean, the first... Well, firstly, he made quite a few changes, Pochettino. Went to the back three, which I still think is the formation that he likes the best. He played Dembele as the defensive midfielder, and then he had Ali and Eriksen essentially with him, and then Kane and Moore up front, which I like. I like Moore playing an essential role. So I, when I saw the team, I was like, yeah, okay, so it's an attacking team. He's going for it. I thought it was maybe a little bit strange that Dyer wasn't playing, but I'm mm-hmm. just a, I'm a big fan of Dyer. Um, we didn't really seem to get going in the first half. I thought Watford contained us very, very well. As good as anyone's contained us under Pochettino, I'd probably say. Yeah. We, we yeah. really struggled to get going. Um, second half, we come out with a bit more tempo and a bit more aggression going forward, which was good. Got in front, which was a pretty fortunate goal. And at 1-0, I just thought, we'll see this out. I thought, we're that type of side now where we can go away from home, not play well and get a, get a result. But it didn't happen. And two set pieces cost us. And we didn't really defend well for the final 30 minutes of the game we didn't look comfortable just that long no, ball and Dini's physical presence was a lot for us to deal with and it causes problems it's not it's, you know what's coming with that style of forward but it's not always easy to stop it um, and then at 2-1 we just we didn't really create anything and at the end we, we didn't really deserve to get anything out of the no, game didn't, didn't, I think um, I think our, a, wor- a worrying thing for me is I think I was reading somewhere, I think we conceded something like 36 goals last year, and I think it was something like 12 were from set pieces. Mm. And, but, but it is giving the ball away in these wide areas where, and, and set pieces are being delivered better now. We mm. saw it in the World Cup, um, people, people can see it's an easy way of scoring goals. Mm. And especially yeah. if you're not one of the, the, the elite teams, so to speak, you know, it's a good way of getting back into games. But set pieces um, are a left They They are, but I, I think. I think I think on the first goal, I think we need to be a bit deeper in the goal because mm. I think it's good to create that little... You want a little bit of an area where the keeper can come and get involved in the game. If the, yeah. if the ball in's too deep, it's the keeper's ball. If it's not in perfect... It was an OK ball in. It was an OK header. Could Fulmer uh, no, have done no, anything? I, I, no, absolutely nothing at all. I disagree. I thought, it, I thought with, with a free kick in that position, if the delivery is good, I don't actually think there's a lot you can do as a defence if the forward gets a run and it's in the bottom corner. I don't think Vaughan could have done anything with it. And I think Dembele should have wisened up making that silly tackle, basically mm. putting his elbow in the Watford player's face. Soft and kick, weren't it? You shouldn't... It, that's the only thing that Watford really had over us in the whole game, and they were we were giving them set pieces that we didn't need to. I think that's a really good point. Where do you stand on, on Dembele and his start to the season? Because he's playing a different role so far this year. Last year, he was a man that was getting the ball off the back four and starting attacks, whereas the way he's been used this season has been the destroyer and he's come on to close off games and he's almost the deepest midfielder now but not in terms of a playmaker stance. What, what do you think Sam? Is he, Do you like him in that position or do you, well, do you think he's wasted? I, don't, I like it that he can play there and you can play more attacking players in the midfield but I think in a game like that Dyer in my opinion has to be in the central part of midfield because he gives you that balance and I think Dembele's best in a game where he can pick the ball up and drive at the defence mm. and actually affect the game a bit higher up but it's difficult because if you do do that I don't know out of Ali Eriksson and Lucas who mm. has to drop to the bench 
but I prefer Dembele playing further forward. Mm. I, I, I agree with that. It's very difficult. Um, I was saying to um, my good friend Cole after the game on, the on Sunday, um, and we were talking about it, and there's not a perfect system because if you play this so-called five at the back or three at the back with two wide players, you've got to sacrifice a player in midfield. Yeah. And then so and then if you play the three in midfield, then you can sell with the other team can exploit you with width. So there's not a perfect system. I think maybe... Um, if you've got that, if you're playing the five at the back, then you've got a you, Winks probably in midfield, you know. But I, I think you still need the two. You need Dyer and one just in front. But then you've got to probably lose Mora. Um, and the way he's and, playing, you can't. Can you do can't that? It's, it's difficult. No. It, it's very very difficult to get the right balance. Very very difficult. Um, I think, as you know, I'm a massive Eric Dyer fan. Yes, yeah, so I think so anybody might. that doesn't really because there was always a question what does Eric Dyer actually do if you're not sure what he does watch that game and yeah, watch uh, other games this season watch the game against Old Trafford and then yeah. watch the game against Watford and you yeah. can see what he does and it's not pretty his, yeah. his style of football and he's not one that's going to win player of the season he's not going to get goals and assists or anything like that but he does all the ugly things yeah. that especially watching it on telly it's difficult to understand all the stuff he's doing it's like Michael Carrick and he was always one that used to split opinions of people would say what does he do he passes the ball sideways but he does so much more than that and retaining possession is such a big thing in the modern day I, I, I agree with that I think it is difficult it mm. is difficult um Ben Davis, Sam, what, what, what do you think on him? Is he good enough for Spurs? 100%. Yeah, definitely. I think he's the most improved player since Pochettino is, has been in charge of the club. Mm. He's, a, he's brilliant. You think of the levels that Danny Rose has been playing at and was playing at the past few seasons, and now he is. I love Danny Rose, but he's, he is second to Ben Davis. He's our first choice left back. And there's quite a lot of... Spurs fans that I think aren't sold on Ben Davis in in the sense that going forward he's not as good as Danny Rose but I think that he's the type of player that when he's not there you you re, like Dyer you really appreciate what he does for the team mm. I think um, I think when Danny Rose is in the team I don't think he played that bad at Old Trafford I think he's trying too hard at the moment mm. Danny Rose I think he's trying to be the player he was a couple of years ago and when you when you've been out for a long time injured You've mainly just got to do the basics and then just gradually step your game up. I think he's trying to come back in and do too much too soon. You, you seem to try and go by players. He seems to be half a yard off the pace at the moment. But, I, you know, as regards Ben Davis, again, some of the balls in, I mean, you know, the, the ball in um, to Kane against Woolwich last year, you know, you, you can't beat crosses like mm, that. And he puts a good ball in. I think at the weekend... We, we just didn't get the ball in first time enough. And I think that was a bit of a criticism I think I had of Ben Davis in a previous game. I think the ball's just not going in first time. I like to see the ball going behind the back four, across that six-yard line. Anyone gets a contact, it's Early. in the net. Yeah. You want it so that the opposition centre-halves are facing their own goal. Yeah, and that's between them and the goal. And that's terrifying for a centre-back. As was, yeah. as was proved with the own goal that we got at the weekend. You know, it was a lucky one, but, you know, he was facing his goal. Mm, yeah. yeah, I think... Watford as well do deserve whilst we weren't at it no. Watford were fantastic defensively for 90 minutes they really restricted us and our biggest weapon is our full backs or our wing backs getting forward getting crosses in and if you ever want a bit of a 
mastermind about how do you stop a team playing three five two because in a three five two you've got overloads all over the pitch yeah. and it's yeah, really yeah, difficult yeah. to play against. Watford pinned our wing backs back incredibly better than most people have done in the last twelve months since we've been playing that system. So Watford played well; they deserved it. We weren't at it at all, no. and it's a it's a wake up call for us because we've started the season pretty well. Yeah, you know, really we won well. our first three games and we've looked quite good in them. But it's a wake up call that if we're not on it every single week. You're going to get beat I, by these teams. I think with all the disruption with the whole clubs had, I think we're we're, we're doing we're doing all right at the moment. But I think if you, even if you look in the first half at Old Trafford against Man United, that they had a, a system which was preventing our wing backs getting mm. forward, and it was only in the second half when Ericsson dropped into that space to exploit that space because the Man United fullbacks were too high up the pitch, mm. worrying about ours. So that's something we've got to look at doing, mm. but. You have to adapt your game every week and, oh, and tink it every week. What you don't want to be is going out and playing the same football week in, week out. I like the use of the long ball. I don't think there's anything wrong with a long ball in football. Um, so it's it mixing it up. It's yeah. mixing it up. I think as well, it, unless it's a wake-up call, and our aim is to win the league. That's yeah. the aim. Yeah, and if our aim, if our aim isn't that, what are we, what are we doing? Yeah. The aim yeah. is no longer to be getting in the Champions League spots. Like, right. that's... Right. That that's that should not be our attitude. And if any fan or player thinks that getting in the top four is enough now, it's not. No, it's not. We're too it's big not a club in, for that now. Exactly. I well, th- five six years ago it was because we weren't. Here, but we're an established, we're strong established Premier League team now, and the aim has to be the title. And our attitude in all of these games has to be: if we're not at our maximum, we're not going to win. I think the yeah. disappointing thing is with the Watford defeat. It means that the winner at Old Trafford, to me, we would have looked at the opening games of the season and we'd have hoped for nine points. Mm. Um, and one of them yeah. would have probably we'd have probably said, oh, we're going to lose at Old Trafford. Yeah. Um, not that you should always say that, but if you look at the seasons yeah, at all. No, and I think then when you get the bonus of the win, that's when you have to follow it up with another win. Because yeah. we're probably where we were hoping to be, mm. um, yeah. but we've not the right results. You yeah. know? It's like in tennis, isn't it? You break serve, yes. but it's only a break if you then hold, you hold in your serve. next game. That's correct. We've got the perfect opportunity to bounce back against Liverpool. I think it's the perfect game mm. for the players to um, respond to that mm. performance against Watford. Yeah. Um, the club today have announced details on the Champions League tickets as well. I saw the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust on Twitter yesterday um, announcing how disappointed they were with the club um, not offering supporters a package deal. Yes. So yeah. For anybody that doesn't know, in the Champions League last season, it was a flat one-off fee. Before, yeah. And the year before, flat one-off fee for the free group games. You pay for all of them, you get a discounted rate, and it just worked really well. It was good for families. It just meant it was easy to sort out. But the club are unfortunately not offering that this year, no. which is strange because all the games are at Wembley now, um, which we figured they would be anyway. Yeah. Um, so tickets are out on sale for that, so we'll be going for all three of the group games um, and doing two each for that. Do you want to make a couple of points on yeah, no, I, ticket I, pricing? Yeah, yeah, I just think um, with the win, I think we've been fleeced a little bit mm. with the Champions League. I think when we went there a couple of seasons ago, there was probably a, a worry that we wasn't going to, everyone might not have gone as much. You would only get 50,000 rather than the 80s and the 85s we were getting. Um, I, th- I think, you know, we were paying about £100 for three games. And I think last year it was quite similar. This year, you know, you're looking at the Category A games and they're going to sell them individually at 50 quid a game. Well, that's, yeah. that's a 50% rise mm. as far yeah. as I'm concerned in tickets. And 
Yeah, I know. It, it was the going rate, and we'd all, we're all, you know, looking forward, especially me and Sam, because we've not seen Messi play live, you know. Definitely. Um, we're looking forward to seeing him. I'm just a bit disappointed that I agree with you, Jack. I think that we should be having a, a, a package. It's a lot more aggro. You've got to do three separate tickets. You've got to keep checking the dates. And that's a pain because they're giving you, like with the Liverpool game, we, we had like, you know, I think just a little over 20, 36 hours to get the tickets. Mm. And I did it in the evening. We've, we've only got, and it was an absolute nightmare. Mm. You couldn't get online. This is like seven o'clock in the evening. You couldn't get online. Um, I had to run the number at the same time. And I think 25 minutes I finally got through. And I don't, yeah. think that, I don't think that's good enough. You'd think with all that's gone on with the stadium and with the season tickets and with the way Levy, not just Levy, but the whole club's gone about it, they've not gone about it in the right way, you'd think everything this season that they can do in a right way to help the fans, they're not really doing. And I just think Levy's he's done amazing things at the club. I just think he's not bringing the best attention towards himself mm. at the moment. That's a really good point. Are you Levy in or are you Levy out? Oh, no, always Levy in at the yeah. moment. Yeah, You can't after what's happened. With the... mm. I would say it would be lovely if we were playing Champions League in the new ground, but one thing is, at least with the Champions League being at Wembley for the Barcelona game, you know, 90,000 people could yeah, go and see. So everybody, uh, again, I'll bring up my, my, my mate Cole again, He's now got a good chance, really mm. good chance of getting a ticket. Yeah. Whereas if it was in the new ground, he, he wouldn't yeah. have a Cat Nails chance yeah. of getting one. What I would say about Wembley as well is the Champions League nights there last season were good. Were, Special. For me, I had as good a nights there as I did at White Hart Lane yeah, I in the Champions League. Yeah. Like the, I agree the Dortmund with you. game, Sam, me and you were at. The Madrid game was incredible, yeah. but the Dortmund game, I don't know why, but that was my favourite oh, Champions yeah. League game last season. I know beating Madrid and being yeah. up up was incredible, but the Dortmund game. Yeah. No, that I agree. Was, I think that's one of the highest quality games of football I've seen. Yeah, I was not for twenty years, and I know we lost to Juve, but even that game, you know, we were up, we were a bit unlucky that night, and and I think to myself, even that night was it was still a good night. It was still it was still it was a good night, but I don't think we were unlucky. I think we were a bit naive that night. Yeah, that's where we took us to score a little bit. Yeah, Spurs on this day, so it's September the fourth today. So, in 1899, on the 4th of September, we played our first ever match at White Hart Lane. It was against Notts County, uh, and we won that game 4-1. And Sam, you've got some fun facts around football yeah, in, in just those a few, days. a few bits of information. So, back when that game was played, the ground actually wasn't called White Hart Lane. It was only started to be called White Hart Lane after World War One. It was actually had a really inventive name of the high road ground at the time. Um, and with, like you were saying, Dad, talking about ticket prices, there was um, 5,000 people that went to watch that game and the total gate receipt was £115. So if you work that out, it cost each fan 23 pence mm. to go to the first game at that ground. And we're... Looking at Levy out, we're looking, out, we're looking yeah. at paying £150 for free Champions League tickets. It just puts into yeah, perspective that's, that's mad. I, I can remember though going to White Hart Lane in the early 70s and my dad was panicking because he because you just used to roll up on the day and pay yeah. on the day. And he was panicking when we got there because the ticket prices had doubled 
and this is before Levy, um, they'd gone they'd gone from six it was sixty p for an adult to get in, sixty pence, and they'd gone crazy. to one pound twenty. One pound twenty. Did he have enough in. change in his pocket? He just for about you to had go. enough <laughs> money to get in, I think, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Um any 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 other facts, Sam, on that? Or um, that, that was about it really. I did yeah. find out that we did go on to win the Southern League that season as well. There you go. Which is knowledge, good knowledge. Facts, yeah. Good good knowledge, good researching. Um it's time for our other new weekly feature um, from the Spurs poet, from Davey Elder. So he's written a, a poem which you put out on Twitter. Um, this one's dedicated to Sun. So this is all about Sonny. So Brilliant. He said, Ever since we signed him, he's been a joy to see. His smile becomes infectious, handshakes to a T. A favourite of the terraces, a player with class and skill. Seats do rise when he takes control, a stadium alone he could fill. Today was so important, his career path on the line. We watched eagerly during the 90, nerves gone in extra time. It shows how much we love him, it shows how much we care. Military service for so many now, but Sonny won't be there. Now enjoy the victory, Sonny. Enjoy with the triumphant team. But hurry home now, Sonny, back to N17. We are all thrilled that you did it. You deserve it and we are so proud. Nice one, Sonny. Nice one, son. When he's back, let's make sure we sing loud. That's and that's at the Spurs Poet on Twitter. So if you don't follow David, give him a follow because he's got some fantastic content like that, that. That's really good. I would say about Sonny, um, in playing in that tournament, we've done a deal, I read with South Korea, that he's going to miss a friendly for them in November. And in January, there's the Asia Cup. And he's not going to play in the first two group games in January mm. as well. So um, hopefully, you know, he won't be away for too long. Hopefully they get knocked out in January. That's important. It's FA Cup time as well, isn't it? Around yeah, yeah as well. Yeah. Squad. He will be fantastic to have back. I mean, at the moment, the way Lucas Moore is playing, you yeah. think it, Sonny really is not going to get near the start eleven. But having him literally, like, absolutely buzzing to get on, being on the bench, yeah. pressuring Potts, being like, "Put me on, put me on, put me on." What a, what another option? It's, it's to pressure have the bench. all round, though, isn't it? Because yeah. he put pressure yeah, on exactly. Ali and Ericsson and and then that puts pressure on Dembele because. Poch Casal will I play Ali a bit deeper so it puts mm. pressure on the whole team so it's good when, yeah, the, and, this, and again if Lamella gets himself fit exactly. it's another player who again you know you, you look you, as a player you're looking on the bench and think there's three or four that can come on mm. for me here Winks again is Sam what's one. your opinion on Lamella actually because it's been brought up are you a fan are you not a fan yeah I love you're Lamella a I wasn't to begin with for obvious reasons mm. it's taken me a long time to fall in love with Lamella but he, in my opinion, is a player that I want to have at the club. He's, mm. um, he's got unbelievable talent. We all know that. We've known that since we've signed him. But there's nothing better, for my opinion, to go and watch a football game and you know when Lamella steps on the pitch, he is not going to leave anything mm. yeah. there. Yeah. He's going to give everything every single mm. time he steps on the pitch. And that's another option and it actually shows because a, a lot of the talking points with us and the big six is about our squad depth and I don't necessarily agree with that especially in the midfield when Dab what you've just said yeah. looking at all the options and all the competition for places I think there's enough there I can't see where our weak squad is mm. we've not got the quality of City in depth no that's, that's fair but then enough no one has but I think we have with a lot of the other teams yeah. and I think if you look at the major um, title challenges I don't think Chelsea's squad's that deep. And I think if they get a few injuries to key players, yeah. but 
And I think we'll see how they get on with the Thursday Cup, them and Woolwich, when they're tracking backwards and forwards to Kazakhstan and places like that. You know, Just on that point on squad depth, so defensively, fine, goalkeeper, fine. Yeah. I still think, and I'm, I'm all for Potch, if he didn't want any players, fine. Whatever yeah, yeah. he wants, I'm, I'm behind. But I still think we could have done with an experienced, been around the block central midfielder that might find it... Not someone that, that's legs have gone, but somebody that is just a bit more experienced and we've got we can put players around him that can maybe do the running for him. I'm not saying Yaya Torre. No, I know. I'm not you saying mean. him, but a someone player, like that. Yeah. There's him and there's Marquisio from Juventus who was one that his future's got had a question mark about for one. I think that kind of player I really think is the difference between second or and third and winning the title and a semi-final and winning a cup just that Definitely. wise head just Definitely. to get you over the line sometimes. yeah and I'm not saying that we've not got a good squad I think we've got a fantastic squad but I just think that's still the only question mark I've got is when we really really got to dig in the Watford game but one all yeah. if you've got an experience said that you could put on 1-1 one, one, do we get a point out of that game no, maybe, not, maybe not maybe we don't but I think our chances of just getting over the line in games where we're struggling go up massively when you have that experienced player. But we've got a fantastic squad. Yeah, and I find that we did. I'd much rather us have done what we did than go and, no offence to him, go and buy another Sissoko where the expectations on a £30 million player are so high that some, someone like Sissoko was never going to be a star player for us. You just look at the type of player he is. It doesn't suit how he plays. Not the player that's going to pick the ball up, do something from 30 yards. It's just not his game. A couple of things, I think. You, you, you know, Harry Redknapp always used to talk about squad player. What's a squad player? That's someone who's not good enough to get in the team. So why buy them in the first place? Mm, yeah. That, to me, is a complete waste of time. Yeah. But the transfer window in general, if you look upon it and you look at all the top clubs... Unless you're going to go and throw silly money at average players... And I know yeah. that's the market. People say, oh, that's the market now. Yeah, it probably is. But you look how Man United struggled to get players. How can Manchester United mm, struggle yeah. to get players? You know, it's absolutely ridiculous. They used to have the pick of, the, you know, whoever. Yeah. And if you look at who Liverpool brought in, or the midfielder they'd already signed last year, and then they paid, you know, 70, 80 million for a goalkeeper. But you have to, if you want to win titles and trophies, you have to spend big. You oh, do. You have to. You it, do. It's never, apart from Leicester, when they won the league out of nowhere... That can happen. You can have a freak season. But if you want to consistently be at the top, it is down to how much money you're spending. Obviously, you've got to recruit the right player. But we do, at some point, need to put a hand in our pocket and say, right, there's £70 Look at... I know City have pretty much got a bottomless pit. But their transfer window in the summer was fantastic. They've got an amazing squad. What did they do? Went and bought Maris. What a fantastic signing. They know what they're doing. you even more. So, um, I'm sort of... On both sides, I'm all for Potch, and if he says nope, I'm happy with what I've got, I'm all, I'm then fine. But I think January will be one, especially with the last stages of Champions Leagues and FA Cups. That will be a big window to just bring in that ex- bit of experience. I think that January we'll pick off a couple of players who've got six months left on contracts and try and get players on the cheap. The next Lewis Holtby. Well, <laughs> maybe, but but that's you know we might revisit yeah. some of the players we looked at in the summer. I, I still think that there might have been a bit of a cash flow issue as well with the new ground. Mm, maybe. Um, next part of the show is our new weekly feature, which is the We Are Tottenham Hotspur quiz. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. 
We are Tottenham Hotspur. So the game this week, because it was Tottenham Watford at the weekend, yeah, is yeah. Tottenham against Watford. Okay. So it's Tottenham three, Watford one. Yeah. In the Barclays Premier League, March two thousand and seven. And as a bit of an extra clue, this is the Paul Robinson game where he scored. Right. Yeah. This, is this game okay? So the yeah. formation we played in that game um, was four four two. Yeah. Okay. So Robbo was in goal. Yeah. Our right back was Pascal Chimbonda. Yeah. Um, our centre half was Michael Dawson. Yeah. Our other centre half is a question mark. Yeah. That's one you got to get. Our left back's a question mark. Yeah. Left hand side of midfield. Yeah. Steve Malbronk. Yeah. Absolute engine. Um, centre midfield. Question mark. Yeah. Other centre midfielder, Jermaine Genus. Yeah. Right hand side of midfield, question mark. Yeah. Strikers, Jermaine Defoe. Yeah. And then the other striker is a question mark. Yeah. So you need to get five of the 11. So what are your initial thoughts? Are there any that jump out straight away? Ricardo Rocha. Is an unbelievable shout. It, it was too obvious to be Ledley King, weren't it? That is it was. Do you, because you were there, I do remember, you just remember the celebration, and he was one of the players that jumped that's, on Robbo that's first. Good. That is that's very. That good. is an excellent chance. So Ricardo Rocha is the other centre half. Yeah. So you need left back, right midfielder, centre midfielder, and striker. Berbatov. No, not Berbatov. Robbie Keane then. Not Robbie Keane. So was the fourth one probably Mido. That's what, that's what I'm asking. Mido. 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 It was. Mido was the other striker. For right midfield, yeah, the obvious one would be to go for Aaron Lennon. It's not Aaron Lennon. I'm gonna. Was Hossam Ghali playing? He's got it. Very good. How have you got? That's you just must have good. a memory I of this game. The kit. Of I remember Ghali in that kit. Hossam Ghali. But this is what Stato was saying last week: that the game's too fresh in his memory. He can mm. go back. So this for Sam is a good era. That is an unbelievable shout, Hossam Garland. That's brilliant. Unbelievable shout. So we've got to get a left back and another central midfielder. So JJ was playing in central midfield. Jermaine Genius' centre midfield is the the one you've got. Have you got any tomorrow? It wasn't the the dreaded Achimovic, was it? It it wasn't Achimovic. The worst miss I've ever seen, Achimovic. So we've got to get the left back as well. Yeah. Young Lee Poe was was that was the left back was the left back Lee, Lee Young Poe yeah nearly right um yeah that's, that's correct up so there with Young Lee Sharp yeah. <laughs> we have a famous Korean just your centre midfielder left Tom Huddleston Tom Huddleston oh, we're too good at this aren't we now well Sam's got pretty much all of well, them that was easy wasn't it I've got two I've got so two. the team the team for that game Tot- Tottenham three Watford one March two thousand and seven <laughs> Paul Robinson in goal Chimbonda. Dawson, Rocha and Lee as a back four. God. Garley, Genus, Huddleston, Malbronk as a midfield and Defoe and Mido up front. What was the date of that game? It was March 2007. 2007. So that was, yeah, it was only a year before we won the Carling Cup, Carling wasn't Cup. it? Yeah. So we, we'd obviously brought in Berbatov. Berbatov and uh, few others. And there, was a, there would have been a few players on the bench that day yeah. as well. Ledley was probably out injured. Well, yeah, to be yeah. for Ricardo Rocha to play. Yeah, I think a lot of people need to be injured for Ricardo Rocha. We'd have, have probably been playing Woolwich midweek, so <laughs> saving Lefty for that, probably. I say. Um, it's the international break at the weekend. Um, does anyone care? No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm become very cynical with. I, you know, I tried to embrace the World Cup in the summer. Was a little bit cynical with it. At the end of the day, England only won three out of seven matches. That's the way I look at oh. it. 
lost three and won one on penalties. So everyone needs to not get too carried away with that performance. It was average at best, as far as I'm concerned. Brilliant. What an attitude. That was the best football experience as a fan I think I've ever had. It was a, England were we should have we should have got to the final. That's because we you were weren't around in nineteen ninety six. This is the thing I have never seen at any international tournament England do anything. Yeah. So I I was the same as you leading up to the World yeah. Cup, Dad. But I don't know what Gareth Southgate has done, but like a lot of the papers were saying, he has made me fall in love with this England mm. team, and it does make me want to watch these meaningless friendlies because there's a direction, there's a philosophy, and there's there's something actually about this England team which we I haven't mm. seen since I've been I watching. Th- I think psychologically, he's done very well with the team. He's yeah. got in, into their heads. When is an international break? I hope that all our players, if there's two games, I hope that all our players only play one of them yeah. and I hope no one comes back injured. I mean, Ericsson might not even be playing for Denmark, which is good because there's some form of player strike going on. And they're, see, so I, that, I massively good. disagree with you around the international games. But I want to see all of our players yeah. away playing for their country, playing a different style of football against completely different opposition to normal, performing really well. There's nothing better than Kane bagging a hat-trick against Spain at the weekend. Think what that will do for him when he comes back. I think that's a lot better than him going, playing an hour and then sitting on the bench for the other game. But what's he really getting out of it? I want to see all of our boys playing and and smashing the opposition. I worry about about it's the coaching. Because I think when you go and play for, for England, your coaching should maybe go up a level. I don't think it does. Because I, I think, think I think there's a lot of blame. Yeah, I, I do. I do and, agree with that. You know, I think I think it, that has been the case for so long with England, and I have had the same attitude. But I do think Southgate has changed it, and my whole attitude towards it is positive. Now I'm with you. I want to see. It's not very often that we have an England captain in Tottenham's mm-hmm. team, and I feel like that's something that we should cherish while we've got it, because when something like that's gone, I think we will. Yeah, not since Gary Lineker we've had a permanent um, captain. But you were saying there about you think the international level, the coaching should go up. In principle, it should, because international football is the highest level of football. But if you look at all the coaches around the world, if I said to you, write down a bit of paper, the best 10 managers in the world, I bet none of them would be international managers. Because club football is where the money and the the instant success is. So that's really the attraction. Uh, An international job tends to be for managers that are either towards the end of their career or have had a dip and not done well club management and it's an alternative way back in. But... I wasn't a fan of Hodgson. I'm a big fan of Southgate. Even looking at Hodgson and the training, I think it's a good thing to go away and have a completely different approach to a game in a two-week period. You're away with England for a week, two weeks, however long it is. If you're being told to do completely different things to what you're being told at your club, I think that's a great thing. I think at work, in any form... If you're put in a completely different environment and you're tested in other ways, that's only going to make you better at your job. You might not necessarily buy into it, and it might not necessarily be playing to your direct strengths, but that's surely only going to make you a better player. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't, I don't, I think you know. You mentioned Roy Hodgson, and I think, um, I mean, he's a lovely guy, and we, you know, he's nothing, nothing nasty with him. But you know, you always worry that he, he would coach players to death. Mm. You know, you would have so much going on in your head, you wouldn't know whether the play go left, right or down the middle, you know. I'm still surprised that he never was Spurs manager at some point. And then we brought Harry in and that yeah. kind of era, yeah. Yeah. his name must have been thrown around at the time as sort yeah, of a safe probably. bet. 
when we were struggling. That's but quite interesting. God, you, that's quite interesting. You mentioned Redknapp because he's probably not the greatest tactician there ever was, but he's a motivator. Mm. So, and I think with Southgate, I think he's a bit of both. And I don't think he's got his head completely around tactics yet, but I think he's a very good motivator. And when he was talking about taking players through the whole process of the penalties, it weren't just taking the pe- walking up and six strides and taking your penalty. It was the whole concept of going from the halfway line where you've got them 30, 40 steps mm. to think about what you're doing. I've seen quite a lot of similarities between Southgate and Poch, not in yeah. terms of the way he plays football, but just his general manner. Yeah, yeah and like, definitely. I imagine with Southgate, the same as Poch, that they can flip and they can absolutely unleash hell on you yeah. in the changing room, but they don't want to do that. And their approach is more, you're an adult. Do you know what I mean? We're a club, not I'm the manager, you're a don't. Whereas I feel like with Redknapp... He's still that old school kind of oh, yeah. manager. Yeah. Might be making a return to um, West Ham. I was hearing on Talksport today <laughs> that they're already considering Pellegrini's future and that that Red Nap's being touted around. So that can, we just take a minute. I, I know normally we don't like to talk about other clubs. We have there. to talk How about how funny it is that they are bottom of the league. They spent £100 million. And there, there were people at the start of the season, West Ham fans, saying, we're going to be challenging for top four. I, I, I had we'll a, be in the mix. I had a long conversation <laughs> with two West Ham fans. Um, I was actually working in their house recently, and they were telling me they were going to be challenging for the Champions League. And it was a bit rude to laugh them in their own home. But I had a good, <laughs> I had a good laugh when I came out. The thing for me is... I work quite a lot round near the West Ham Grand, so I see it on a... On, and I was actually down Green Street um, only yesterday, past their old ground, which is now all blocks of flats, which makes me laugh even more. I absolutely love West Ham fans, and it's, it's a weird sentence, but I love West Ham as a club, because you go back 10 years and you look at the difference between Spurs and West Ham. Yes, we were a better club than them, but there wasn't that much in it and you look at the job that Levy has done in that space of time and we don't even worry about them they're just one big joke to us down the other end of the table I I, I agree with that what you just said because if you look at the two clubs we both had grounds that held 35,000 we were both London based clubs so really we should have been attracting the same sponsorship and doing the same thing and yeah and if you look now where they're playing at the London Athletics track, you know. Um, <laughs> renting. Well, they're yeah, renting it, yeah. yeah. I mean, apparently there was an argument recently. They reland the Athletics track there, and Karen Brady wanted it claret, but they put it back in blue, which I think is hilarious. And, and with the white seats, you know, blue and white, you know, it's ideal, really. But, yeah, I just we had to just touch upon it. Oh, just yeah, it's because great fun. It's just funny. When expectation is so far, so when it's deluded, it is, it's quite funny to to see so long may it continue to see yeah. oh yeah um, magnificent to see that long. And, and very quickly their next three home games are May United Chelsea and Tottenham mm-hmm. well they'll be, that'll be it'll be typical it'll be bottom of the league winless and they'll turn us yeah, over yeah, yeah, we're going um, to. fantasy football update so we've had four weeks now in fantasy football and James Lamont is still top of the league so he's got 308 points already going four games absolutely killing it Richard Healy in second uh, 16 points behind with 292 and Mark Walsh has steamed into the top three on 253 points and it's it's already starting to go south for Abbas. Oh, Abbas. He's dropped out of the top three. Still in the Champions League spots, but Matt Downey's on his tail in fifth position. I'm rooting for Abbas. Um, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Hot top 
the Hot Totty Trilogy uh, is Abbas's team. So there you go. Um, if you want to join, if you want to join the um, league, because Sam, you're not actually oh, I'm not in, in it. the league yet, are you? And you want to join it? Yes, so the definitely. code for the league, if anybody does want to join it, um, I can find out for you and uh, send that round. Um, a couple of questions from listeners, just to finish yeah. off. Um, Chris Carter on Twitter. Um, so My this, godson. This first one's for you, Sam. So, how yes. many goals does Kane need to become a club legend? He doesn't. In my eyes, he's already a club legend for what he's done. I, f- I think that there's, yeah, he doesn't. There's nothing that Kane needs to do more than more what he's already done in his career to prove to me that he's a Spurs legend. And then for you, is or is it more a case of him winning something? Um, it is a case of winning trophies, so that's what counts. But he needs to score over 200 goals to be a legend for me because so you're going into a new league bracket. Mm. Um, and then finally, Sam, this one's for you. What are your expectations this season? I am expecting top four. I'm expecting a bit more of a push at the league this season. Not necessarily to win it, but I feel like we... Although we haven't been touted to be City's biggest rivals to it, I feel like we will be up there. Um, and a nice Champions League run again, maybe a bit further this time, but I want to be playing the top teams and silverware. We need an mm-hmm. FA Cup, we need a League Cup, we need something like that. Fantastic. Um, anything else that you want to talk about? Anything no, else from you, no, Sam? No, no. no. Good. Um, thanks for joining us, everyone. So, strange, strange old week, yeah. stung by the Hornets, but hopefully international break will bounce back after that. And remember, whatever happens, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blanchflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style.
We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.